This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. The Blitz 1170 stream is brought to you by Duck Creek Casino, your hometown casino. All right, we're live from Jameson's here in Broken Arrow this afternoon on the Blitz 1170. My name is Jeremy Poplin. That is Dion Amade, Matt Hubbard back in studio. We're with Miller Lite this afternoon, giving you a chance to win tickets to see the Cowboys host the Eagles on Christmas Eve. All you've got to do is come by here, get the exclusive text to win code, and you could be on your way. Before we get to Curtis Wilkerson, they're showing highlights last night, or is this the entire replay from Amazon Prime? Yes, NFL Network replay of the Rams and Raiders last night, and I don't care, shut it down. The best joke that I saw the entire night slash morning on Twitter was from a young woman that simply put, it's almost like the Rams ordered a quarterback off of Amazon Prime or something. (laughs) And Baker Mayfield showing up on a Tuesday, jumping in and literally having one practice where, I mean, it was incredibly limited. And I think they said that he was in he, – he arrived and he was in the office until like 1.30 or 2 in the morning trying to get up to speed on it. And they had a limited playbook where it was like 10 base plays that he was trying to, to learn. And then last night that happens for Baker and the win over the Raiders. The package does normally show up in two days, you know. Oh, yes, yes it does. <laughs> Even though, bro, I've ordered two things. One of them's – two weeks late and the other one's going on a week and a half late tell now, me about so. it i ordered some face cream and they, they really messing up the whole moisturizing process for your boy they need to hurry up with that thing shut up what face cream I, all you right you gotta take care of your skin now let's set up the oklahoma four dealers hotline and welcome in curtis wilkerson who's joining us now talking a little uh, arkansas razorbacks curtis man Good to have you back on here in uh, Oklahoma. Hogsports.com, that's where you need to go right now to check out all of Curtis's work. What's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, I'm, I'm doing good. Appreciate you guys having me on. You, you did just stress me out a little bit talking about these shipping delays. I haven't even thought about Christmas shopping and stuff yet. I better get on it. Dude, I'm telling you, it's, uh, it's crazy right now. And this is the first time that it's really happened for me where I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to get on customer service. Customer service is going to hear a piece of my mind if this package doesn't show up here sometime soon. Uh, so let, let's focus on uh, what was a really fun event last year, I think, here in the city of Tulsa. And we're, we're happy to have the, the return, right, of Arkansas and Oklahoma playing in this game here at the BOK Center. Um, man, it's, it sets up to be another uh, really good and has a lot of potential for a game right now. It's been a little difficult for me, Curtis, to kind of transition out of football season into basketball season. Uh, but from what I've caught of Arkansas so far, uh, been impressed with a number of things. But kind of just give us a rundown here of the early season here for the Razorbacks on the court. Yeah, you know, it's, it's been really interesting because coming into the season, Arkansas had really high expectations. They were ranked in the top ten you know, coming into the year off of back-to-back Elite Eight appearances. So, there, you know, there are a lot of, of high expectations, and, and people thought this team was going to be really good. Uh, you know, they had six top 100 freshmen coming in. Three of those guys were McDonald's All-Americans. You know, Eric Musselman hits the transfer portal like crazy. You know, you had five transfers come in, so that's 11 new players out of 13 scholarship guys, which is, is almost unheard of. I guess it's becoming – 
a little bit more common with the transfer portal era. But, uh, you know, Arkansas really hit the ground running and, and has done a good job. They're off to eight and one start to the season. Uh, the only loss came at the at the Maui Invitational to what I think is a really good Creighton team. Uh, they bounced back and, and beat San Diego State to take third place in that game. So, uh, you know, you, you take a look at the, the overall resume there, and it looks like Arkansas is doing really well, but it has not gone according to plan almost at all. And you've got all these new faces, so obviously there's going to be a you know an acclimation period for guys getting comfortable playing with each other. Well, Arkansas had to spend the first six games of the season without Nick Smith Jr. That's the number one ranked incoming freshman in the country. Uh, he was dealing with a little bit of a knee aggravation. No sooner than Arkansas gets him back, they play one game as a team as, as, at full strength. They beat San Jose State by 41 points. They come back out on Tuesday against UNC Greensboro, and, and sophomore forward Trevin Brazil, who's a, a Missouri transfer, uh, just a unicorn, a guy that does so much for the Razorbacks, 6'10". Uh, he can shoot threes, block shots, dunk on guys. He tore his ACL in that game. And so it's just a, a tough, tough blow for the Razorbacks who, you know, were kind of getting back to full strength and, and feeling really good about themselves. And then you lose a key cog, and all of a sudden you got two days to, to kind of regroup and figure out what you're going to do with your rotation before what, you know, it's going to be a really tough test against a good Oklahoma team. So is it still too early to tell, Curtis? I mean, we know how important that he was and how he was projected to be through the season but with all the different moving parts like has as coach Musselman you know I don't think you go all the way back to square one on this but this does kind of present a, a few challenges here in the in the early portion right and, and and from a practical standpoint at least it gives you a little bit of time here to kind of get right before conference season gets really up and rolling on this but still not optimal by any means to lose a guy of that quality. Yeah, absolutely not. You know, I, I think if there was one guy, you don't want to lose anyone, but if there was one guy on this roster that you could really ill afford to lose, it was probably Brazil. Uh, you know, just kind of like I said, the, the guy's like a unicorn. He does so many different things uh, for this team. His versatility was huge. You know, he could guard the three through the five. Uh, you know, there would be times where they would go huge and play him at the small forward spot, and he could really hold his own. He's the team's best three-point shooter by percentage and makes at that size. Uh, or they would go small and, and play him kind of at a, as a small ball center and, you know, drag the opposing big man out of the paint. So, uh, you know, what he, what he brought to the table is not something that you can just kind of plug and replace with one guy. So it's going to take contributions from across the board, and, and I think the team understands that. But, you know, it, this is probably Eric Musselman's deepest team since he's been at Arkansas. You take a look at some of the guys who can fill that void you know, at his position in terms of, of minutes and, and, you know, bringing some of the things to the table that he's leaving behind, uh, Jordan Walsh, you know, a, a guy who's a, a five-star McDonald's All-American for the Razorbacks, he's actually started eight games for Arkansas. Uh, a little bit smaller, he's six seven, but he's equally athletic, a guy that can space the floor. I, I think we'll probably see more of him uh, in this game against Oklahoma. And, and hey, if, if Arkansas wants to go a little bit bigger and try to match that size that they're missing with Brazil out, um, it's kind of a nice luxury to have a guy coming off the bench like Jalen Graham. You know, six nine forward from Arizona State. He was all Pac-12 uh, last season. He's just kind of been a, an energy guy, bringing a, a burst of scoring off the bench in short spurts. But, you know, maybe this is an opportunity for him to kind of step up into a bigger role. So they're going to be mixing and matching and, and trying to do some different things. It does kind of fundamentally alter, uh, I think, the way that Arkansas wants to play. But, you know, uh, still a very talented team, and, and Eric Musselman's done you know a, a lot with Wes in the past couple of years. So we'll see when they figure it out. I assume that they will, but it's definitely going to be interesting on Saturday. 
how has the confidence looked from Walsh? Because I think that's an important question if he's going to be one of the players that's, that's used primarily uh, with the injury that's happened to Brazil. Um, yeah, he's probably a little bit of a different type of player, but from a younger guy like that, and maybe, maybe he doesn't have an issue like that because he was such a star in high school, uh, but what has been his confidence level so far? I think it was really high coming out of the gates, but admittedly, I, I think that's something that he's been struggling with. Uh, really since the team got back from Maui, you know, it was, it was kind of interesting. Early in the season, um, he had a couple games where he went back-to-back, double-digit scoring, uh, and then he went to Maui, and, you know, he played over 30 minutes in all three of those games, had a really big impact for Arkansas uh, on the defensive end of the floor. But since they got back, they had this three-game homestand, uh, and he's just looked a little bit unsure. You know, there's been an adjustment for everybody with Nick Smith returning to the lineup. Uh, you know, he's a focal point of the offense. They're going to run a lot of what they're trying to do through him. So, you know, the guys who had kind of emerged while he was out, it's a little bit of a shift in the role, and that includes a guy like Walsh. So I think he's still trying to kind of find his way and, and you know, figure out exactly what his role is going to be. Uh, and, you know, his playing time had, had decreased steadily over those three games. Now – uh, maybe this helps him and provides a little bit of a boost because, you know, you look and there's 27, 28 minutes that just opened up. So maybe he's not looking over his shoulder so much, worrying if he's going to get replaced, if he makes a mistake. So I think he's a guy when he's playing free and playing with confidence, he can really make an impact with his athleticism and his ability to stretch the floor because Arkansas is not a good three-point shooting team. Uh, they just lost the guy who was leading them in percentage and makes. And Jordan Walsh is a guy that can stretch the floor and knock it down when he's got his feet set. Eric Musselman's really encouraged him to, to feel confident in taking those shots and getting those attempts up, but he still looks a little bit hesitant. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see if, you know, maybe he's got a little bit more confidence in, in pulling the trigger on that thing moving forward because Arkansas absolutely needs him just for floor spacing and what he brings on the defensive end. We're talking to Curtis Wilson from Wilkerson. Hog. Say it again. Wilkerson. Uh, excuse, excuse me, Wilkerson. <laughs> so, sorry about that. Curtis Wilkerson from Hog Sports here on the Blitz 1170. Uh, how does this uh, Hogs bunch match up against the Sooners? Yeah, just two completely contrasting styles of basketball. I think this is, that's really what makes this matchup so exciting for me. Uh, you know, Oklahoma is, is a team that strikes me as one that, that is way more deliberate. They play at one of the slowest tempos in the country. Uh, but they really, really execute. They run their stuff. They create shots through their offense in the half court. Uh, defensively, you know, they're not going to turn you over a ton, but, man, they're solid. They don't make a lot of mistakes. They play as a unit, and they contest every shot that goes up. Arkansas is the exact opposite. They like to play fast. They like to be disruptive defensively. They want to force turnovers and kind of fuel their offense through that in transition. And if you slow down the game and get them in a half court, you know, situation – uh, Arkansas can struggle to execute. They can go through some stagnant stretches offensively. And I, I worry that that could be the case as they kind of adjust, you know, to life without Trevin Brazil because he was a guy that offered so much floor spacing. He would clean up some mistakes by his ability to get on the offensive glass. Uh, was a big-time pick-and-roll threat. You know, he, he would roll off that ball screen, and you just lob it up anywhere near the rim or the backboard. He's a guy who can go get it and flush it. And you don't have that now. So it's going to alter what they're going to do, um, you know, you might see Arkansas try to throw it in the post a little bit more to guys like Makai Mitchell, uh, Jalen Graham, who I mentioned a little bit earlier, and, and maybe kind of filter some things inside out, uh, you know, in an effort to get the guards going a little bit as well. They do have some guys who can really attack uh, in Nick Smith and, and Anthony Black and Ricky Council. The thing about Jalen Graham 
is, and I, I saw Musselman say this, is that he is a guy that has the ability to turn face up, can beat people off the dribble. He's got a pretty good, uh, he's got pretty good range, 15 to 17 feet uh, there from the rim. So that that is something that I think is going to continue to evolve. It's something that Musselman feels pretty confident with when Jalen Graham's on the floor. Yeah, it's kind of wild. You know, if, if you take a look at some of his box score numbers, uh, <laughs> you kind of know right away what you're going to get with Graham. You know, he come in, I think he had a game where he scored 11 points in 12 minutes. He scored 8 points in 10 minutes. He scored 8 points in 6 minutes. Uh, it, it's kind of wild because sometimes he might be the ninth or 10th guy that enters the game for the Razorbacks. But from the moment he subs in, they start running sets for him to get him touches, whether it's at the elbow, the short corner, or down the block, uh, and letting him go to work and create. So, you know, I do think from an offensive standpoint, he can really kind of help make up for that loss with Brazil being out. Uh, he's also a guy, not really a perimeter shooter, but he's really good in the pick and roll, uh, the dribble handoff. I think he's an underrated passer, too. So he could definitely help the flow offensively. The, the question with him has been on the defensive end. Um, not necessarily that he's not capable of doing it. I mean, he was a good defender at Arizona State. He had a, a couple years where he ranked amongst the best in the country in block percentage. But, uh, you know, he's still trying to figure out the system and, and the rotations and the coverages. And, you know, sometimes it's, that's kind of got the best of him. So, uh, you know, I think a, a heavier emphasis on that would be big for him because if he can increase his role and, you know, kind of carry over what he's able to do offensively, that could be huge for Arkansas. You know, I think him uh, really and Jordan Walsh are the two guys that stand out as, you know, guys who they really need to step up here moving forward. So last year, if I'm not mistaken, this was um, kind of the start of a little downturn. What, the the Hogs – after they lost to Oklahoma, how many did they lose in a row after that, Curtis? And they, they kind of – this was kind of one of those games that they let affect them so much that uh, you look up and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is not how things are supposed to be going at all. How important is it for, for Arkansas, even if, say, they come out of this with a loss, to not allow this one to, to affect them? Because it's, this is kind of a resume one, right? This, this falls into that quadrant one type category that you can get for a win that's going to be good on your resume down the road. Yeah, I, th I think you bring up a really good point. You know, last year, uh, it was kind of interesting. You know, Arkansas was undefeated coming into that game, but they were starting to slip in some of the metrics and, and you know, even the, the rankings and the polls. They weren't playing that well, and you just kind of felt like it was inevitable at some point uh, that somebody was going to get them. I, I think Oklahoma really did a nice job of, of exposing a lot of holes uh, that Arkansas had, and they wound up losing five or six, you know, from that stretch. They lost to Hofstra. Uh, the next weekend after that Oklahoma game, they lost to Vanderbilt at home uh, in SEC play. And, and so it was a struggle before they really figured things out. But, you know, we asked Musselman about that yesterday, and he said that they actually learned uh, a ton from that Oklahoma loss. And, you know, they really used a lot of teaching moments from that point on. It, it actually helped them in the long run. Obviously, they had a good season. But I do think it's important. You know, it's uh, it, it's, it's just – kind of an interesting time for Arkansas right now. You know, you're a top 10 team, uh, still a lot of high expectations, but you're going through a lot of adversity, you know, and, and turmoil of losing a key player. Uh, they want to have a better showing than they did in this game last season. And, uh, you know, I, I think, like you said, they know that it's a big opportunity for the resume as well. So um, I, I'm sure that's in the back of their minds. It, it would be a, a huge win. I think, you know, just for the momentum and confidence of, you know, hey, we, we lost some of our better guys here, but – uh, still capable of doing some really good things. So, uh, you know, I don't really know what to expect from this one. 
I, I wonder about Arkansas's ability to score consistently as they're trying to figure some things out without that key cog. Uh, but they're really good defensively. They're disruptive, and they seem like a bunch that's really hungry to get back out there and compete and, and kind of prove themselves, even though they're a man down. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's an important game, an important opportunity, I think, for both teams. And uh, it, it's certainly going to be a, an interesting game. You know, Eric Musselman and Porter Moser, those guys have a history uh, you know, coaching against each other. Sounds like there's a lot of mutual respect there. And anytime they get together, it seems like it's an exciting game. Well, it was a fun environment last year, and I expect nothing uh, but uh, the same type and probably even a little bit more energy over at the BOK Center tomorrow. Curtis, I appreciate your time here in Tulsa, man. Thank you so much for helping us understand a little bit more about the uh, Razorbacks and uh, always enjoy when you take a few moments to come on with us. Yep, absolutely. Happy to join you guys anytime, and I will be out there tomorrow. Looking forward to the game. You're right. It was a great atmosphere last year. Looking forward to it. All right, sounds good, man. Have a great day. Thank you, guys. Curtis Wilkerson. That's Curtis Wilkerson joining us here on the Blitz 1170 via the Oklahoma Ford Dealers Hotline. Feel bad about messing up his last name. It's all right. It happens. I, I mean, I it thought happens. I heard you say Wilson. No, Wilkerson. Yeah. Happens from time to time. You can check out Curtis's work, which is awesome, by the way, at Hog Sports, H A W G Sports.com. Part of the 24 7 network. All right, we'll take a timeout. We're live at Jameson's this afternoon. Hanging out here, Miller Lite is giving you a chance to win tickets to see the Cowboys and the Eagles on Christmas Eve. The lady that came over here a while ago and uh, signed up for tickets, Yeah. did she say that she had tried to price some of those tickets yeah, what, just earlier this week? She said yesterday she was actually yesterday, looking to try to buy some. Trying to look how to uh, get some of those tickets. I bet you that she would fall into the category of the vote that she would much rather spend time at the Cowboys game than with family. Don't put that on her. What? <laughs> Don't put that on her. I mean, I mean, she could definitely. If she's already buying, looking to buy tickets, that means that she is essentially punting family. No, to she said tickets, plural, like multiple. So maybe she was trying to take the whole family to, to the Cowboys game, spend the, look, the Cowboys together, you know? What, is she independently wealthy? Take the family to the Cowboys game? Do you know how much it costs? <laughs> hey, Why do you think we're giving these tickets away? I, I, I've learned here in the state of Oklahoma, there's a lot of money around here from individuals that you wouldn't expect to have money. So uh, she might be rolling in it, you know, like Cowboys fans do. It's $80 right, for we'll a standing room out. ticket there. Yeah, 80 for standing room. Good Lord. Yeah, she, she, she got it. She got it. $80 is not too bad. When's the last time you were at a Cowboys game? Huh? What's your, uh, it's been a while, huh? The last time they played the Cowboys uh, versus the Eagles when I was in the Cotton Bowl in yeah. 2014. Oh, you haven't been back in there since? Not that I remember. Man. You Went for the Big 12 championship game. You call yourself a fan. Hey, man, I, I'm a fan from Oklahoma. I'm, I'm ways out here. Oh, see how he claims Oklahoma when it's I, convenient. Exactly. I was going to say the same thing. Oh. You res I reside in Oklahoma. I mean, oh, you making, do. Making, you reside in Oklahoma. Don't don't then stop. Don't let's go to break. Let's go to break. If you reside in Oklahoma, let's go to break, Pop. Then why do you still have Texas plays? Why, why are you always snitching on the air? Why are you always snitching? Are you trying to get these people to find me? I do not need them problems, Jeremy Pop. Oh. You know why? Because. I live here. I'm a native. 
and this state needs all the help that it can get from a financial aspect. So your your whatever amount of money it is for the plates could make the difference, Dion. In what? It could make the difference. You don't need no money. You send your kid to private school. You not don't need me. any. You don't need me, any. The you, state. you don't need any of that money. Not you're, me, the state. You're sending your kids to private school, okay? So you don't need nothing from me, sir. My kid. You're well taken care of. My kid. And so is your daughter. Yeah, now she is spoiled. <laughs> Her and, little ass. And don't act like you're not spoiled either. I just saw you looking up a Christian McCaffrey T-shirt. I mean, no, I was showing Mr. you it. Mr. One of Everything over here. I was just showing you it on Twitter. That's all I was doing. I wouldn't buy that. You sure? Yeah. Mr. Jeremy Poplin, a.k.a. Mr. One I got of my gold jacket in. <laughs> the smile on your face when you just said that. <laughs> Matt's <laughs> seen it. It looks good. <laughs> you should have went with the black one. You nah. told me it looked like a garbage bag. I never said that wasn't me. Somebody did. That was not me. Colby did. Not me. That was, your, that was your other black friend. We'll take a timeout. More coming up next from Jameson's here on the Blitz 1170. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.